Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where tonight's going to be a very interesting night, as it is each and every single week here at Talk Junkies. Got Johnny in the house. Man, how you doing? Good, man. Good. Everybody have a uh, good Christmas or, you know, Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Toyotathon or whatever you <laughs> whatever you believe in. Yeah, hopefully all the Talk Junkie subscribers and followers out there had a, a wonderful Christmas. Man, I know I did. My family did as well. Very blessed. And the kiddos had a good time. So uh, it was a win for us. How about you, man? <laughs> It's good. I didn't do much, and I'm okay with that. Like, that's how I prefer my... I like to get together with family on days that aren't holidays. Like, we all just, like, randomly get together and talk and stuff just on a random week, you know? Yeah. Holidays, off work, I'm like, I'd rather just, like, chill and relax. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, if you guys are interested, uh, we didn't do a podcast last week due to it being on Christmas. Um, but the, the the week before that, we did have Dr. John Euron. Um, you can find that video on Rumble. You can also find it on Spotify, iTunes, and, and I do have some clips on uh, TikTok as well of that podcast with Dr. John Yer. Um, he came out with his most recent article on mRNA uh, mRNA technology and the spike, t- spike protein in specific is kind of what we did a deep dive on. Uh, check that out on newswithviews.com where you can find Dr. John Yer's article. Uh, fascinating podcast in my opinion. Um, however you look at it, you could be for it or against it, but he does do an extensive amount of, of work on his research to, to come to his findings. So check that out if you're interested in mRNA technology. But tonight's going to be a very different night. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. We had a gentleman on a couple weeks ago, an author, Howdy Mikowski, and he kind of did a, a small deep dive on who the Cathars are and who the Gnostics are and how he believes kind of that the demi the demiurge is running this realm right now and we live in a false reality or we live in a reality who's controlled by the devil and i'm not saying that i I believe in what howdy says but we're bringing on someone tonight who could kind of give us a little light on that and talk about the cathars the gnostics and many other things what we're going to talk about this evening this gentleman is is very decorated decorated he's got an engineering degree Um, he has a beautiful website with tons of information that goes way back into the early 1100s um, he just does a lot of fascinating work on his YouTube channel as well. Lewis, how you doing, man? How you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for joining Talk Junkies. All right. Well, uh, just uh, kind of give us a brief detail of who you are, man. Like, go into your life a little bit. What led you to where you are today? Okay. Well, going back, well, I'm 65 now. Uh, I've been basically into electronics and science since I was probably 13. Or whatever. So I diverged into two interests, uh, science and technology, but ancient history as well, going all the way back into elementary school, probably. So I read everything I could get my hands on. Um, so basically, my jobs in the past have been uh, electronic servicing, installation, light engineering and stuff. The interesting turn in my life is probably when I went to college. Uh, I attended a local Christian college of all the places because I've never been a Christian. Uh, I've just never been exposed to it per se. It's one of those families where dad was Catholic and mom was Baptist and they would make fun of each other's (laughs) uh, versions of it. And I, I, I never had any interest in religion as such. I had an interest in the history and origins of religion. Uh, I came out to be what is called a classical deist, which will cross into some of what I'll t- 
basically deism is the belief in God based on reason. I don't rely on holy books or people claiming to get revelations from angels and whether they're not and that kind of stuff. And it became interesting because I've, in parallel to this, I've studied earth science my entire life, particularly evolution. And so what we had a problem is, is most of what they're claiming in evolution, the random slopping around of chemistry and physics and lightning and radiation and puddles of water produces life and all this stuff. There's no evidence of that. And I'm a lifelong evolutionist. There's no evidence of stuff just spontaneously doing that. It's impossible. And... And so if I looked back into the more deist teachings of it, um, it was incredible some material that was written by Thomas Jefferson in 1823. And, okay, your other guest, um, the, Demir the Demiurge was supposed to be evil, the world's corrupted and all that. I take the exact opposite view, that the um, Demiurge or... God, if you want to call, call it, I prefer the term deity because God has so many loaded connotations to it. Um, basically, that the uh, earth was created. Well, the universe was created. It was certainly chaotic. If you go through your scientific literature, you had a massive series. When it was first came into existence, science claims what? 15 billion years ago, the Earth's been here 4.5 billion. So at its creation, you had mostly hydrogen, which has one proton. And it was through this condensation of matter, gravity, or whatever that created supernovas. Your supernovas created all your other elements, everything from helium, oxygen, nitrogen, uranium. All your natural elements are the results of supernova explosions, massive bangs of light, you could look at it that way. And studying the Gnostics and some of the other stuff and looking back at the science, um, in the last couple of years, I got interested in dark matter. They, And I'm sitting here thinking, my God, what you're describing as dark matter is almost some of the stuff that the ancients were describing. So in, in what in what form, or in, and we talked on the phone about this briefly earlier today, uh, it, how were they described, in your opinion, what were those types of texts that you read that led you to that conclusion, that that's maybe what they're talking about is dark matter, dark energy? Okay, you got to remember, these. this was at a period of time... Um, I usually concentrate from the about 6th century BC to about the 1st century. In this time came along the Persians who were Zoroastrians, that's a nearly dead religious belief, but it posits a good god and his antagonist in a good god that created a great world and his antagonist who screws things up. That's the Christian devil. Um then you had the rise of uh, Heraclitus. He came up with the term logos, logos, word, and wisdom. 
are basically the same thing. Jesus Christ is reputed to be the Logos in the beginning of John. And, uh, oh yeah, in the Christianity, Jesus created the universe, not the Demersia. So, um, basically, during this time period, you had the birth of, uh, let's see, Heraclitus, Buddha, uh, Plato, Aristotle, tons of other historical figures, especially Alexander the Great. He was important because he conquered the, if you remember your history, he conquered the Persian Empire that ran from the Aegean all the way to India. So now you had a merge, merging of Greek philosophy and Western thought with Eastern religions and Eastern thought. We call this process in religion syncretism, a mixing of cultures, beliefs, and so forth. The Gnostics are synchronists, the Christians are synchronous, the, Ma the Manicheans are synchronous. All these, everything we see today is a product of syncretism. All of the major religions of the world today, pretty much, except maybe the Buddhist. And they probably got their, he, Buddha got his ideas from, he came out of the Hindu traditions. So when you get, uh, when you really get down to it, Gnosticism and various other beliefs posit that there was a sort of a pre-creation chaos Matter was in chaos. The demiurge of Plato was not an evil character. Uh, he uh, fashioned the material universe. Plato works from the viewpoint that here is the one. You, you, it's a capital one, the source of light, the source of being, the source of everything. And from this divine source came the demiurge. The demiurge organize chaotic matter into the universe that we see. Now, of course, the idea is being that, okay, there's, there are things beyond the material universe, and I think science sort of proved that with dark matter. They're claiming up to 80% of the matter in the universe is dark matter. You can't see it, feel it, or touch it. And then there's dark energy on top of it that you can't sense or anything else. But they claim, okay, dark matter and dark energy can interact with matter in our side of it and what we see. So it can move, it can shove planets around, it can move universes around, it could shape the cosmos. So this falls right into the idea there's something beyond the material world. And what I've seen of evolution, for instance, it is, to put it in simplest terms, it is an ongoing, continuous process where species will die out and then they'll be regenerated into new forms, EI evolution. So not just... Okay, so... So real quick, just so if, if dark energy, if they, if, if they come to believe that 80% of the universe is made of this dark energy, dark matter, is, is it just a hypothesis? What type of evidence is out there to, to prove that dark matter is a legitimate thing or antimatter? That's kind of what I was going to get into because you said that you can't really, I mean, we all know like, oh, matter can't be like 
destroyed or whatever. It's all just an energy transfer. Like, you know, you talk about lighting a fire and then it turns into whatever. But you said that you can't measure or feel or touch or anything dark energy or dark matter. So we, how do we, we have measure, the... We can measure what it reacts on according to places like NASA and whatever. Their problem is they when they try to sit here and believe, okay, the universe is only what you see. They're, they're seeing things that are happening with the galaxy. They're measuring movements and reactions in the galaxy that have to have something. What they're seeing is the reaction to the dark matter, not the dark matter itself. So dark matter is supposedly expanding the universe. Um, and if it can interact with matter as they claim, and I'm going by what they say, because sure. I haven't seen it, um, then it should hold that there is something in that dark matter universe that's still affecting us. It would have to be by their definition. No, I, I agree. Like, if you can observe something and see that it's out of the ordinary, right, what they're observing and they can't explain it. So then that would give you, that would come up with this hypothesis or this theory that something else has to be happening and for the, in those instances. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I could see where they get it from. No, I get it. It's always just, it's hard for me to like, because we've only got our, you know, our five senses or whatever. And then, you know, we've got technology that can measure certain things. You can see light and distance, all this different stuff. But I'm like, it sounds like a hypothesis based on, and maybe I just don't know enough about it, but it sounds like a hypothesis based on, I don't want to say nothing, but a lack of knowledge. Like, it's like when people talked about there being, you know, a sun god or whatever, because we wanted to explain how the sun went through the sky, or there was a rain god because we needed to explain how rain got to the earth. And then eventually as time went on, scientific method improved, and we figured out, oh, rain's caused by the clouds, that when they expand and blah, 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 all this different stuff. So I'm like, I guess I'm trying, I don't know how to word it. What is there to say that this dark matter or dark energy is a thing? Like, why have we come up with this hypothesis of it existing in the first place? Why? Yeah. Um, because, because their materialistic, atheistic science doesn't work. It doesn't explain a lot of things. And so, and, and I'm, believe me, I was skeptical at this when I first heard it. Like, what? You're sitting here telling me all this stuff is in the universe, but you can't, but I can't use the scientific method to figure it out. And I'm a stickler for the scientific method. And uh, that's apparently what they said what they're claiming and i think this goes back i think even einstein speculated on this and that's what i'm going to use is, is speculation i'm you you can go punch up dark matter and you'll get all these astronomers and whatever coming up with this well that's fine i suppose but well you kind of went into that, a little bit of on your theory, your theory on on the unobservable, and maybe that's why we're seeing these types of things. So if you want to kind oh, of... Okay. Shed... okay. Um, in, elect in electrical engineering, we you if you have an idea what a capacitor is, it's a device, very simply for most people, there's a motor start capacitor that interacts with the magnetic field 
and an electric current that kicks on a motor and makes it spin. It's an electrical part. But if I was to connect 120 volts AC directly to a capacitor, now what is power? Power electrically be, is um, current charges moving through a conductor times voltage pressure. So that's why if you have a uh, 1500-watt electric heater connected to, uh, let's say, a 100-volt line, well, 100 volts divided into 1500 gives you 10 amps. 10 amps times 150 volts gives you 1500 watts. The weird part about the capacitor or any circuit like that, you can connect your 120 volts to it. You can measure a current. A current is moving, actually moving through the wire. And there is a voltage across the device. You would think, I'm transferring power. This thing should get hot and blow up on me. Nope. Doesn't. Cold as a rock. I've got, I've got the voltage. I have the current flow. I am transferring no power. None. And it comes down to something called phase. This is an important phase relationships in, are important in electrical engineering. And so what this does is that any time that you have the current and voltage flowing in their relation to each other, one or the other is zero. Zero times anything is zero. Very simply, if that makes sense. No, We're talking about voltage and current. So right. if the voltage is there, the current is zero, I'm not transferring any power. Very simply, if I stuck a light bulb in the circuit with the capacitor, the light bulb will partially light up. If you measure the voltage across the capacitor, you'll measure the voltage across the light bulb. You add them together, they come out higher than the 120 volts I put in. But if you take the two voltages, square one, square the other, add them, and t and take the square root of the uh, and take the square root, you come back to the original voltage. Pythagorean's theorem, right there on display. So, how, so I didn't really, I didn't really want to get into it. that's pretty hard to figure out. <laughs> no, very for simply, right. Yeah, very simply, I look at the dark matter universe and our universe as being in that phase relationship. When one is zero, the other is there, and vice versa. What if you had something that could disrupt that phase? Then you should be able to see into one or the other. So you're talking about there, there there's a, another type of environment that lives that lives with us but we just can't see it we i think we are immersed in the black matter universe we're immersed in it it's all around us you just can't sense it unless something unless something disrupts that phase then you can begin to interact and see in between the two so what examples have you seen and and we kind of talked about it on the phone earlier what exam what examples do you have that suggest that that might be the case um, UFOs, everybody claims they're there and I haven't seen one. I'm, I'm skeptical of it mainly because the distances we have to go by what we know now. I mean, I can speculate on star Trek and warp drives and all kinds of other strange stuff, 
But maybe what they're calling UFOs is maybe a bleed over from the other from the dark matter side, and you're just glimpsing it. They don't have to travel trillions of miles. They're here around us. So how does the, what does the dark matter and dark energy thing bring into the what you were getting at as like deism based on like science and reason? I'm just okay, wondering assuming, how that relates back to the deist thing. Right. Assuming that this dark matter stuff is there, is there an intelligence back there that we can't see? And is that intelligence, as science claims, that universe can interact with ours? It can move things. It can guide things. Maybe it can combine atoms in ways that we don't understand. If the force is in that dark matter and interacting on us. Then maybe that's God. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So I, 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 and I'm just kind of curious again. You, you talk about like going back to ancient text and, and what have you. Is there is a certain scripture that you've read that, that where you, and you may have said it earlier, but I'm trying to get like a direct answer where you seen them talking about this dark matter, dark energy and, and may, not in those words that they said those things, but in what text did you see that in? Um, Plato's forms. Uh, Plato hypothesis. Uh, wrote that there is a higher, more pure reality. Um, he also Plato come up with the concept of souls as we understand it. And uh, the idea was that the dem, uh, demiurge cre- used matter in our universe is less pure, less, perfect than the ones in the dark in the hypothetical dark matter universe and so the demiurge organized this into us and it wasn't seen as good or evil or anything of the kind so if you go back to this merging of eastern thought zoroastrianism greek philosophy judaism and there's a lot of evidence in the bible for gnosticism and the jewish I mean, they've got sections of the Old Testament that the uh, Persians are the ones who gave the law of God to the Jews. I absolutely fell over when I read that, that they were instructing the Jews in the law. So we know there was a massive interaction between them. And somewhere, and I think this comes from Zoroastrian and Eastern thought, the idea slipped in of an evil material world probably came from either Egyptian or Eastern or Eastern mythology. Real quick for my own benefit and potentially the audiences, what is Gnosticism? And you guys also brought up Cathars earlier. I don't Mm -hmm. know what. Okay. Gnosticism posits largely that the creator of the universe is not God. It, um, basically, it goes with, if you go back to, um, you had the one, um, the one created a group of lesser beings called uh, Archons. One of the Archons was Sophia. 
which we enter, which is often referred to wisdom under Judaism and other places in the Bible. Sorry, you, understand that Gnosticism is not secret knowledge; it's spiritual did, knowledge. Did you say Sophia? Yes, I find that interesting because there's a, a an AI robot that they named Sophia that has citizenship in Saudi Arabia. I find that highly interesting. Sorry, just a side note. <laughs> okay, so the idea is that Sophia had another everything in Gnosticism and I guess Platonism too is on emanation. The world flows forth from God, and what flows forth from God more flows forth from that. So from, I'll use God as Christianity understands it, produce archons. I think Sophia was one of the archons. She was supposed to be a virgin, and she gave birth to an idiot, to an idiot sub-god who thought he was the only god, that he was the center of the universe, and that was conflated with the Bible god. Demiur, de, uh, they took the dem, they combined the demiurge of uh, Plato, which was a benign, not bad deity, with the uh, Jewish deity, what I call the Hebrew god, and turned it into the devil because the material world is a place of misery, pain, death, and so forth. And it was. I mean, what was the lifespan back in the first century? You were lucky if you managed to make it out of childhood. Uh, you were lucky to see your 15th birthday. Right. And so, they, and their view was every time you have an emanation, you still have a small part of the divine, the father, the light, the one is with is trapped within every emanation. And so the souls ha uh, called, I guess you've heard it, know the term divine spark. It's a little bit of God that each of us has in our soul. The idea of the Gnostics, the Christians or whatever is you, you are going to escape the world of matter and return to God as they tell you in John, you will become sons of God. That is, you will join back with God. So I'm and, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm just trying to, for, just for my own sake, to kind of simplify and put everything together here. When you talked, I'm backtracking a little bit. When you talk mm -hmm. about dark matter and dark energy, and for lack of a better term, they're kind of being a universe within the universe that we just can't perceive, but mm -hmm. that can potentially affect us. And then linking this to some sort of deism or deist um, or deity, I guess would be the right term. Are you saying that potentially when people are talking about, um, I'll just use Christianity for an example. I'll use the Christian religion because I know more about it than other religions. Um, when people talk about crossing over to the other side, to heaven or hell, or what is the soul, and stuff like that, is that linked, in your view, to like what dark matter is and what dark energy is? Is that the same? We use dark, and everybody thinks the term mean, dark means bad, but you could call it no, blue dark, energy. Dark for, is used here as mean um, darkness. Black is simply an absence of color. So no just, light. Yeah, negative void. It's used in that context. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. I'm just kind of saying that for myself. You could call it whatever, though. You could call it energy B. You know, doesn't if you look at it as the point of being pure, blinding white, 
warming energy like people claim to have seen during near-death experiences and stuff. Maybe you were looking into that. That you're moving beyond this material universe into that. Now, that's speculation again. I'm going to emphasize that. But it sounds an awful lot like it. And, and they claim matter is pure congealed energy anyway. We are made up of energy, according to Einstein and the science guys. And I was shaking my head at that, too. But that's what they claim. So at your core, what... Well, okay, I have two questions. Two-part two part question here. Mm -hmm. To simplify, what, what is deism or what is that belief system? Deism is the belief of a higher, of a god, creator, or deity based on reason. I don't need the Bible to convince me God exists. I can look at a biological organism and know this thing was created. It was not, it was not random chance. There, there's no way, there's no scientific way that they can prove that this cell is here. Even the simplest cell, they can't prove it. So, so like believing in a deity or a God, but not based on any kind of organized religion, just by yeah. scientific, you know, not speculation is not the word I'm looking for, scientific fact or proof for using your own senses, like you just said, seeing a biological form, seeing a human being and seeing, saying this can't be completely random. Randomization doesn't work like this. Cool. And then you end up with a society and a planet that has all these, like there needs to be a deity because that's what makes the most logical and scientific sense. Correct. So that's deism, that's deism in a nutshell. Now that doesn't mean I don't take other traditions or spiritual traditions seriously. Um, of course it's 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 just um remember it's it's like i mentioned probably earlier in the day here's genesis here's a guy sitting here i would i would imagine a man sitting here in the desert on a cold night looking up at the universe and he's got a feeling why am i here what is all this about and then he tries to explain it Maybe something's giving him a message. Maybe it's intuition. Who knows? And so when, when you say, just talking about deism, when you say a god or a higher power, it doesn't have to be the Christian god or the Muslim god or the Taoist god or anything like that. And it could also be not what we, because I know that brainwashed is the wrong term. We are accustomed to picturing a certain thing especially in western culture whenever someone says the word god but it could be mm -hmm. any form of higher power even something that's ethereal like <laughs> like the force in star wars you know what i mean like it it doesn't have to be an almighty all-knowing being mm -hmm. okay i'm just just trying to clarify stuff for myself like right. deism originally came from a rationalizing of christianity if, if you they kicked out all the original sin, the damnation, the hell, and all the other, basically what I consider non-manufactured nonsense. And uh, they did do a, they people like Jefferson, besides being a scientist, was well aware of Greek philosophy. They still had, they had recovered enough of it by this time to look at it like, hey, this makes sense. 
Actually, you've got writings from people like St. Augustine. The one deist definition is that God created the universe, set it in motion, and went away. That, that came up, uh, showed up in some of Augustine's writings, and he got it from the Greeks. The, some of the Greeks figured out what atoms were. Other Greeks figured out that the Earth circled the sun, even though that wasn't the one that they adopted. And it's it's just so, incredible what these people knew from intuition and observation. And to me, they got a lot of it right. So so why even so where did organized religion come in the first place? And what how I mean, obviously, I think we can all see how organized religion has shaped societies today in Western culture and even in the Middle East and other different types. Where where did it originate? Organized religion. Um, probably when they started to, let's see, they went from hunter gatherers, they went to primitive agriculture, to small villages. I would separate religion from traditional myth. Um, as societies became more complex and more organized, you know, religion was used more as a way to organize society. So the more complex it seemed to be, the more you would need a way to organize society. So the Zoroastrians had a particular organization. The Jews did. So did the Christians. Uh, some were original. And uh, uh, Buddhism, to me, is, is sort of individualistic. The Gnostics are individualistic. That rubbed the Catholic Church wrong because they weren't having individual interpretation. Uh-uh. You don't get away with that. We are now creating God's kingdom on earth and you don't get to opt out. So you, I know that like uh, the, the oldest Bible that I've seen via video is probably from the early four, from the 1400s and those Bibles were handwritten. Um, when you, when, when you would particularly, I don't think that God speaks in, in the Bible and some people would say he does speak through the, through the apostles or whatever it's called. And even bringing it down to Jesus how did they, how did they, whenever organized religion became a thing, do you think it was just a product of, of, a, of a man in that time sitting down with other, with other groups of men saying, hey, this is how we're going to put fear into people, or this is how we're going to control a large population. We're going to write this story. It's going to be about this guy who came in, he saved all these people, forgave their sins. Is, it, is that kind of how it went down when it comes to Jesus, in a sense? The problem with Christianity is, for whatever it originally started as, it was hijacked by a lot of Greek philosophers. These were these were Greek these were upper class Greek philosophers that basically hijacked something that began with individual people or small groups, and they wanted to try to organize it. Most people don't know the first. New Testament did not come from the church. It came from a Gnostic heretic named Marcion. And there's writings of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They so, know exactly. The but, church knows exactly who he is. His Bible consisted only of Paul's epistles and a chopped down version of Luke. He completely jettisoned the Old Testament, all of it, most of the Gospels. He jettisoned a lot of the other books. He pretty well stuck with Paul, because if you read closely in it, and the church has, in my opinion, tried to cover this up, Paul and John did not believe in the Jewish God. So where can you find, where can you find this, this gentleman's work 
if you've read it. I'm sorry. Because I, I'm under the impression that a lot of the work that the Cathars and the Gnostics did was burnt by the Catholic Church, and there's not much reading to find from these people. Well, un, un, unlike uh, the uh, Cathars and Gnostics and stuff where it was burned, he uh, Marcion took what became... He took part of what became the official New Testament, and that ended up uh, reserved. They might have removed a book or two. So it's not like they burned it. They told him, no, this is you're going to add all this other stuff into it. Because if you look at the date of writing, Paul founded the Christian religion, like it or not. His writings predate all the Gospels by decades. The book of John, which is a bunch of hashed-out Gnostic philosophy to me, was written around 100 A.D. Jesus died around 32 A.D. So you're talking about decades later. Um, the other three, a C, Luke, and Acts were one book. The church split them, stuck the other Gospels in with it, split off Acts, they did all kinds of manipulation. So if you look at it in a hierarchy, Paul came first, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke came along, and then around 100 AD, John and all that stuff showed up. So what's the point of the Bible? It, I'm sorry <laughs> if I must ask. After all, um, to, to centralize Christian authority to centralize the authority of the church. This is how it is. We're going to determine this and all these other books from the Gnostics, the Manicheans, and so forth. And we pretty well know what the Manicheans believed. Um, well, I think it's they fun were heresy, and you're going to burn them. Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's very odd and strange to me that growing up I was never religious, but I did go to church. I went to... Not all the time, okay? I could probably count on my fingers and toes how many times I went to church. But as a kid, I went a few times, and then I've been in that type of environment. But what's, what's weird to me is that you don't ever learn about any, any, anything else, like the, the Noxus, the Cathars, the Manicheans, any of these older, ancient types of religions. Well, they don't want to teach you that. And, but then how can you take the Bible serious at that point? You know what I'm saying? If they negate all of these other people who had their own beliefs— and say that this is the only belief that you can have. And it w I, I'm just sorry, for the for just the sake of Lewis and having him on and the amount of information he has, I just want to say this, that is, just seems asinine to me. Propaganda. You, it, when, it, when the Christianity became politicized under uh, Constantine the Great, who, by the way, was a murdering monster, even after he converted to Christ and all this junk. He was a murderer. He killed members of his own family. But he's a saint in the Eastern Orthodox Church, as I remember. Um, he politicized it and centralized it, and they started shutting down the uh, academies in, that was teaching Greek philosophy. They shut those down. They began persecuting and murdering uh, heretics and pagans and Jews and whatever. And then it was, the doors were really slammed under Emperor Justinian. I guess that's the 6th century around 536, 540, when they came out with Justinian's code that the Christians praise up and down. One of the uh, things in there, uh, heresy, uh, 
heretics can be put to death. The church did not do its own murdering. It relied on the state to do it, right. not the church. And one of the th- things they had in there, one death penalty, uh, if you convert it to Judaism, because what they don't tell you is Jews and Buddhists and other people sent out missionaries to get converts. There were Buddhists in Alexandria. There were Buddhists in Rome. They were all over the place. They don't want you to know that either. So you don't think that there could be any type of influence at the creation of religion that could potentially be of the demiurge? Or, you know what I'm saying? Because I think that you're, and this is just my understanding of just how, I, how I've known you so far, that the demiurge is not real and we're not in a false reality or we're not in a... In a what in is a the ro- demiurge? Satan, essentially. I think, but, but, or that we live Satan in Satan to the Gnostics. Yes. Yeah. W- that we okay. live in a, in a, in a world ran by the devil, by the Demiurge, not a true God, the divine spark, which is, I, if I, if I'm not mistaken, the Cathars, the Cathars believe that they had to find the divine spark through not procreating, through not eating, you know, animals, stuff like that, who also procreate. I, I don't know, man, it, that, that shit goes deep. But what I'm saying is, sorry, Johnny, I know. No, no, you're good. Do you think that, like, just how you explain this and how you have organized religion spreading like a disease amongst the populations even today on how the foothold it has on humanity, religion specifically, Mm -hmm. um, how does that not describe some type of demiurge or a false reality because so many people believe in it? They can believe in what they want. What you've had over the last two centuries is an increasing breakdown of your traditional face um the invention of the printing press that was hailed by the early protestants while wow we can print the bible now in local languages instead of latin or greek everybody can read it and then they ran into a problem is that people were reading it hey wait a minute that's not what it says and so when you opened up the literacy for the masses the masses might have interpretations that you don't like. Fair enough. And I, and I mean, uh, the Catholic Church was pretty violent with Protestants. Protestants were violent with heretics. The, the Anabaptists faced terrible persecution. The, the Anabaptists are related to people like the Mennonites and other denominations like that. Um, well, just- Unitarian... The Unitarians faced uh, a death penalty. So it's if you're not with my religion, then we're going to kill you type of thing. And then that seems to be the ongoing trend with all religions. And it's still going on today. Yeah, that's why the American founders, they were just a few years away from the murderous religious wars that ripped uh, Europe apart. And they basically decided we're going to keep religion out of government for a good reason. Yeah. So is Jesus real? Can you tell me that? Is is what is that? Did Jesus exist? I believe there was a historical uh, figure called Jesus. My reading of the New Testament is convoluted and contradictory as it is. This guy had. Um, I could I could probably dispel uh, Christianity in about one minute. There is no devil in the Old Testament, and there is no Holy Spirit. They do not exist, not in the Old Testament. Um, 
Satan in the Old Testament was a servant of God, and he could only act under God's direction. And, uh, and it clearly says, and this is quoted in the Old Testament, that God is both the source of good and bad. That's under Judaism. Okay, and so with Christianity, Jesus was a historical figure. I believe that. He had some kind of pretensions. The Jewish Messiah had nothing to do with this cosmic savior deity of Paul and John. He, the Jewish Messiah, and I think you can read about this in Malachi, because I found out when I took Bible in college, there's the entire period from about, I don't know, the, Babel, the uh, return back from the uh, time of the Persians and the return to Jerusalem to the first century. There's a 600-year gap, historical gap between Malachi and Matthew. The whole thing's missing. And Jesus had some kind of pretension. The Messiah, Jewish Messiah was supposed to free them from Roman rule. The, king, the new king of the Jews. Jesus claimed to be basically that. That is sedition under Roman law. The, the penalty for sedition is crucifixion. You don't crucify people for being pickpockets. This was a punishment for rebellion or sedition against the Roman state. Now, you have this contradictory story of Judas. Clearly in the New Testament, Jesus knew what was coming, that he would be arrested and prosecuted. But he figured probably that the kingdom of God would come in and save him and proclaim a new era of brotherhood, love, whatever. And he had Judas betray him. He knew it. Judas did what he was supposed to. And if you read, depending on which gospel you read, he's up here dying on the cross you you can you, you and you, and you listen to what is alleged last words it was complete despair father why hast thou forsaken me god did not come down and create the kingdom he was expecting to lead and when you get down to it um judas heartbroken threw the silver pieces away and hung himself Apparently, Judas didn't seem to want that to happen either. Of course, there's a contradictory story that Judas fell in a hole and his insides come busting out. But So what about the resurrection then? The Gnostics and a lot of other people didn't believe in bodily resurrection. They believed that Jesus was a spirit or a ghost and that it was a spiritual resurrection, not a bodily resurrection. And if you and if you listen and if you look at all four accounts that they basically contradict each other, the earliest gospel they claim is Mark. The earliest copies of Mark ended at an empty tomb. The tomb was empty, and that's where it ended, and the other stuff was added later. And the other uh, three probably built on Mark. The book of John at the end was just 
ridiculous. Jesus went on this bizarre fishing trip referring to this apostle that he loved more than others. Some people speculated it might have been Mary Magdalene or something. It was strange. The language in John is strange. And uh, and they were sitting here basically arguing with, well, what if he's still alive when I return? What is it to you? And then the gospel, it's just clunky. It's like somebody took a knife and tore the rest of the book out. It acts like half of it's missing. And then, oddly enough, the story picks up in the Apocryphon of John, that's a Gnostic book, where Jesus did reappear to this John and say, yeah, I'm here, I'm back. So he reappeared in the Apocryphon of John, or the secret book of John, which is one of the illegal, heretical books the church tried to burn. It's always weird to me, because when you're talking about, you know, books of these magnitude, and, and how, how much value that they have, especially in today's times, and I always say this, you, you to me, and, and, I, and I, I believe with this saying, is that the, the victor writes history. And in it, and it, yes, for all of these books to be passed down over this massive amount of time, and and for you even coming on and and describing twice in at least the past twenty minutes that it seems like there's a large gap of missing information. To me, that suggests that there were people in power at those times who maybe erased that type of history, and we'll never know what those missing gaps are and the importance of what that means, because. You see it now with people getting kicked off online for disinformation, or you see people getting banned for things that they say. It almost seems like that's exactly what happened in these times as well. Is that the, people- the new web, uh, the new social media uh, inquisition? You're seeing it in action, right? I don't know. It's weird. That's always I don't know. I'm just like that's always been a thing, though. We talk about you talk about how religion was created and all this, and I'm like, and I could be 100 percent wrong here. I'm just pulling this out of my ass, but. I feel like religion was created as just a, because we as humans can't explain the unknown and we want to explain the unknown because the unknown is terrifying. So we come up with these ways to explain. Or it's an attempt to explain again, like the guy sitting in the desert, staring up at the stars. Why am I here? Why am I explain existence? Yeah. Because not knowing why you exist is probably the most terrifying thing to not know or to not understand so we create it and i go back to i always use it as a reference because it's one of the easiest references but going back to like the egyptian gods or the greek gods or the roman gods or anything where they were specific to a thing like you had the god of love and the god of death and the god of thunder and the god of whatever you know the god of sun all these different things and we did it to explain things that we couldn't scientifically explain at the time and then i think that you talk about how religion now Paul is used or and was back then as well as a way to control and I think it's because people in power can all like corruption eats into everything we've talked about it avoiding religion for a second we've talked about it with uh, you know finances and uh, healthcare and everything real everything worldly and material corrupt you know the police everything corruption eats into everything and that includes religion and all it takes is a little bit of corruption to spread and for that to become now, oh, we can use religion as a control device. Because there are people making money. We can money. use this for power because, you know, follow the money, 
follow keeping people down, control, whatever. My question is, first off, as a deist, do you, what do you believe happens after you're gone from this world? Uh, deism believes in the immortality of the soul. So we pass on, I don't want to use the word, I'll use the word heaven, that's what most people say. Deism does not posit a hell. That doesn't exist. I don't. I, deists do not believe in a hell or damnation. The original Deist Creed, which was drawn by removing most of the Gnostic, Platonist, and church authority stuff out of it, basically says your duty is to do good works and stuff in this world, and you will be rewarded based on that in the next life. So there is an afterlife. You and I believe you're, you're moving up to maybe a, um, what that is, I can only speculate. I, I was going to say, I want to ask, and I mean this, like, I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate here for the point of conversation. Sure. Um, you talk about, because I'm with the whole, the DS thing, because honest to God, and Paul and I have talked about it before, um, I'm not religious. I would consider myself atheist or I think agnostic. I don't know what it, to me, it doesn't matter. That's my view is it doesn't matter because I can't know. And so it doesn't affect me or if it does affect me, I have no control over it. So it doesn't matter okay. to me personally, but I do like the view of, Hey, it is more reasonable, more scientifically sound and just plain old, more logical that there is a being out there that created what we perceive instead of just random circumstance. Correct. But also by that's, that logic... That's the heart of deism right there. But by that logic, this is the devil's advocate part, what logic is there that there is an afterlife? Um, okay. You can... Okay, this might come down to physics. Matter is neither, neither created nor destroyed. It changes form. I think everything... In reality, the universe, whatever you want to call it, has a purpose that leads to another purpose that leads to another purpose, and you move forward in that purpose through infinity. I, I could see that. I was just curious. I had to, I had to get that, you know, had yeah. to ask. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing in nature that I, I can see that doesn't have a purpose. Be, be it the way chemistry works, be it the way that... Um, the symbiotic relationship of organisms, it, it's all that all none of it could exist without the other. So here's my last kind of question along that line of thought is that if the, if this if that is true, like just for the sake of conversation, if that is all true and deism is like, let's say that's correct, that there is factually a God out there that created everything and that factually our souls do move on because energy isn't, you know, created or destroyed. It just moves from one phase to another. Um, then what I wouldn't need to believe in that though. Correct. Like I would not need to believe in that you to benefit from need it. To believe in any particular thing as such. There is not a, Deist holy book, do A, do B, do C, um, to get to heaven. It's more like um, 
about the closest. And remember, a classical deist will draw on other traditions. I'm I'm willing to look at the traditions of the Gnostics and the Buddhist and the early Christians or even secular humanists, for that matter, and I'm going to use, by the application of reason, what is good. I believe a lot of the stuff that the Jews originally came up with, uh, as far as a moral code, is actually pretty good, because they were absolutely had prohibitions against abusing children, mutilating slaves. They had prohibitions against rape. They had slavery, but it was set up in such a way you've ever heard of Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a every seven years, I think that's celebrated in Judaism. If you remember the indentured servants that came over to America when the country was founded, they were they would work for seven years to pay for their passage to come here. Comes from the Jews. The Jews held slaves, but every you could only hold them for seven years, and it was generally um, somebody that would sell themselves into slavery to say pay a debt or something. Mm-hmm. At the end of seven years, you had to release them. And in many cases, if it was particularly Gentiles or whatever that they ended up with, they would end up converting them to Judaism, and at the end of seven years, they ended up being part of the family. I think that 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 what you talk about about the moral compass and how they have it correct, I actually agree with. Like I one hundred percent agree with. We've talked about it in the past with the whole the golden rule, like treat mm-hmm. others as you would want to be treated. And I just find it so like ironic that that is kind of a and that may have been around before religion. Correct me if I'm wrong, or if you know here that that was a thing. That that was a most saying that, before. Most of that, according to scholars, probably goes back to Zoroaster, and Zoroaster was believed to have been around about 2000 BC. So he predates anything written in the Bible. So, he would have been an enormous influence on the Persian Empire. So we've we've got this we've got this in religious in religion and in religious text, and you know in a moral compass like belief system of hey treat others as you would want to be treated and that's like a core belief and it even goes into christianity with do not murder do not steal do not commit adultery all these other things and then the irony of that is the people who are religious we're still humans and then we do things like have slaves like religious people and a whole religious sect of people had slavery in mm-hmm. many different forms, whether like indentured servitude or different forms of capitalism, whatever, where it's like... During those processes, yeah. During those processes, you have this form of taking advantage of another human being when your core guiding morals are do unto others as you would want done unto yourself. That's the like the, the hypocrisy that I have always seen with every religion. Some religions are set up to temper human behavior if completely unrestrained um the reason i don't believe in a devil because you don't need a devil humans can be absolutely exactly evil as you can think of i don't need god creating darkness well, humans are pretty good at doing that. now we are our own devil most of the time yeah you you can be 
And re remember, I mean, it was rather funny that the Gnostics had an interesting understanding of the Garden of Eden story. I sort of had my own version of it. And basically, the God of the Garden is nature. We, we, we evolved, we came up through nature, we're living in this natural, wonderful world. And nature sort of wants to drag you back to your animal part. We're still animals mentally without the restraint of reason and other emotions we developed. And it was rather funny that the serpent in ancient lore meant wisdom and knowledge. And here is essentially the Gnostics looked at it as the garden was run by an idiot and the serpent was sent by the true God, the God of light, to enlighten Adam and Eve into right or wrong, and thus they were no longer just monkeys in a tree. Hmm. That's fascinating. It's definitely like, yeah, who would truly even know what happened in that passage, but that's definitely a, a different take on it for sure that I've never heard of. A thing to understand with the Gnostics and a lot of ancient people, first of all, they didn't write this stuff down. Writing was, okay, how hard is it going to try writing a book by banging on a rock right. mm -hmm. and chiseling it out on a rock? A lot of people couldn't write. A lot more people could actually read than could write because writing, I mean, papyrus and stuff was very expensive. Doing hieroglyphics on walls is expensive and time-consuming. And... And so they did this by they did this by oral tradition. The Gnostics were known as um, they use you you can't go a lot of this stuff cannot be taken literally. They a lot of ancient peoples used mythology to convey ideas, not as a literal story. Just but like in today's to, terms, you know, like with theories and in the same sense. Like with our most outlandish theories or our most craziest theories or whatever it is we believe to be true, thousands of years from now, people could look back on what we think these theories are and they would kind of describe it in the same way, wouldn't you say? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and the other problem is it's the difficulty of translating over time. Right. I had to learn German when I was stationed in Germany with the military. And German is closely related to English, but I can tell you right now, a lot of German ideas, stuff within its culture, religious outlooks and stuff, does not translate directly. So think about going from uh, ancient Hebrew, which is a West Asiatic language that is read from right to left, then they tried to translate it into Kona Greek, an Indo-European language, which is led from left to right. And Kona Greek has no cap has all capitals, no spaces, no punctuation. And you just got block after block after block Ooh. of characters. I know and some people who write like that right now. To, and you're going to have people trying, coming up with this old book, trying to figure out what did this person actually mean? Exactly. Hermeneutics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lost in translation. But right. um, we're, 
I, I, we're coming, we're definitely, we're coming close to the end of the hour. I, I, I have like one more question Johnny. I'm sure you have at least one or two more questions as well. Um, been a great podcast so far, Lewis. I, I greatly appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, would love and hope to have you on again, man, in the future, because I know Jesse would enjoy your company, man. And Jesse would be a really one, good one to have on for this because he knows specifically the the Christian religion. Like when you talk about the books of Paul and Mark, and like he he really knows that stuff. Yeah. Like he would be the one to talk to about yeah. that. You you guys would enjoy each other's company 100%. But this is my last question to you. Um and again, Johnny has one as well, I'm sure. What, do you, what are your thoughts on the book of Enoch? Enoch, don't know a lot about it. Okay. I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. But now that you've brought it up, I think I'll go read it, see what it's about. Well, I think that mainly, like I, I guess like my biggest question when it comes to the book of Enoch is where you, you derive the Anunnaki. In that this earth was mined, you, you, there's, there's evidence to suggest... You look at Zachariah Sitchin's work with Planet X or whatever, and all that, all of that stuff. I think all of that kind of derives from the Book of Enoch. That there used to be this slave class that mined massive amounts of gold in the earth in South Africa. You see tens of thousands of tunnels where people would, and they're still there today. You can go to these tunnels where they were excavating gold because Planet X lost. I mean, I don't know. So never mind if you don't know about it. No, no worries. Enoch's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I think that allegedly God spoke in the book of Enoch. I think that's where you truly only hear God's words. I could be mistaken, but I, I, that's what I, what I think. Johnny, I don't know if you have any lasting questions, but I, I do. And I'm trying to think how to word it because I've got the question in my head, but when I ask it, it's going to come off as a negative or it's going to come off as like an attack. And I promise that I don't mean it that way. It's out of legitimate, like curiosity Mm -hmm. is, for someone like me who is a little nihilistic about um god and religion not even just organized religion but even deism or, or like a why does it all matter kind of thing i'm trying to think why does it like why is it important to know these things is it just an interest for different people or is it actually some relevance on my life because paul you're very interested in history. I never have been. We have different interests because we're human beings and that's what we do. You know, you were interested in the book of Enoch and you've talked about the Anunnaki before and stuff. I'm not as interested in that type of stuff. I'm wondering, is there, in your own words, Lewis, an impact that deism makes on me? Mm, good question. Um, on you? Or anybody it, for that. It, for it, the, it really, and, I'm, and when you say impact, I, I assume that how it how how it will guide your life, how it guides your feelings yeah. towards the world and that stuff. I answer that. I've asked. I've been asked that before, actually, because I think in our DNA we have two types of people. We have the rationalist and we have the spiritualist. One is not any bad, and the other is good. We just are, and we have various amounts of that. I do not, in reality, because deism lacks a really spiritual component, and I'm a non-spiritualist, it works for me. It helps It helps me to explain the um, universe and certain things as I see it in that respect, but it doesn't give me a feeling of 
wow, I'm going to heaven and all this kind of stuff. As I said before, your people are going to vary. You may not need such a feeling. You may be just as happy the way you are. I got you. I was like I said, just curious, and what wasn't. No, and I appreciate that answer, yeah. honestly. No, it's 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 not an attack at all. It's I I think one of the biggest problem with religions is they try to bend everybody into one mold. It's not going to happen. There is no way I'm going to make a truly spiritual person, they're not going to think in terms of uh, materialistic biology. This is, this is somewhat of a fight among environmentalists who don't like a scientific materialist culture. They want to go back to a more spiritual, nature-centered type culture. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you carry it into politics... Uh-uh. Yeah, then you have issues and corruption, and I want to I want to say something that Jesse would have said if he was here, probably, which is the whole, and this is specifically about organized religion, but he would always use and it makes a valid point about if you need a book to tell you not to rape, murder, and steal, if you need a book to tell you that for you to not do that, you're already a lost cause. Like you don't, I don't, I don't need a book to tell me not to rape and not to murder and not to steal. Yeah. Like I already know not to do that because I consider myself not evil. Mm. That's, that's easy to say for in the 21st century. Now try it. For sure. Yeah. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Try it in 800 BC. Right. When people were more barbaric and there was no books and people were raping, killing children, all those types of things. Yeah, 100%. I still, I still, and I get that to a, I, I will say I get that to a degree because there's that part of us that always wants to survive. So, like, if I have no food and my family has no food and it's about our survival, then yes, I murder to, you to, will you to, will kill to survive. Exactly, I will, exactly. I'll, I don't I'll, see how I don't see how like rape falls into that because I I, I don't know. But but yes, I yeah, do there, understand there, what you're saying is, when you're talking about the it's past. The question, it, it's the question I had. Well, is a lion evil if it eats the zebras? No, that's no. what lions do. But if it's something beyond your mere survival, uh, rape, torture or you're, you're sitting here molesting kids or something, I classify that as evil because it is an unnecessary thing for your survival. Right. Exactly. Again, though, in the 21st century, this is my last question for real. Then we'll, <laughs> then we'll end the podcast. We'll ask, for the, we'll ask for your plugs and where we can find you. But, Lewis, what are your thoughts on ego? What does ego mean to you? Ego. Hmm. Well, you you had you had the stuff from uh, Sigmund Freud, <laughs> which is uh, let's see the ego and the on ego. Just it's just another. Do you it's have an, an impu- it's an impulse probably from the animal world that says, "Okay, I'm the ruler. I'm the head of the. I'm ahead of the pride. I'm the head of." Everything we know has been refined through humanity. Um, God knows what we have influences we have as genetics and what's left over from our animal past. Fair enough. 
Rock on, man. Well, I'm, I'm one of the person, I tend to be a scientific rationalist, and I tend to analyze things. So it's difficult for me to be go over into the spiritual realm in a lot of cases. Me too. I get gotcha. it. Well, I, I, again, we don't like to go too far past the hour because, it, again, we, we jam-packed a lot in that hour, man. We went from dark matter, and then we went into just a lot of different things. Beautiful podcast, in my opinion. But, Lewis, where can we find you, man? I know you got a website. Tell people where they can find you and find your work. Oh, let's see. The simplest way to get to me. It is a strange URL. I'll be honest. It was, uh, and you'll have yeah, it in that, the description. That, I will. I'll, I'll also about that. We can talk off off side. Um, I'll go ahead. I have a um, URL lloflin dot dot com. Okay. Let me make sure. I'll email it to. You. I have I your website. I can put it on there, but I, I'll put it in the description where people can click on it and read your work. So I just I didn't know if that's you had the best. That's the best way. Okay. Lead them over to the uh, sure. Gnosticism page. But you're that's also where they want to go. I was going to say, what's your YouTube channel like? What would be the easiest? Like if I were to Google, it's Lewis Laughlin. Yeah. Okay. And that's how you cool. find him on YouTube. Cool. Yeah. Just Lewis Laughlin, but you're going to find mostly electronic engineering stuff, hobby projects. Yeah. Gotcha. Rock on, man. It was a pleasure having you on Talk Junkies. Uh, again, I hope to have you on again. As a, as a, dude, we could we probably could have done a four-hour podcast tonight. No lie. <laughs> I, it, Jesse needs to be here for this one. Though. Yeah, for sure, yeah. This is definitely right well, down his alley. Let's set up another one. Just stick to uh, maybe deism for an hour and, and Christianity and hash that out. Let's yeah. do it, man. Yeah, and we don't typically like to do that over the podcast. I mean, it, but I am all for it. If you, yeah, we'll... we'll I, we have each other's oh, contacts. You're talking about, I was like, we, we talk about that all the time on the podcast. You mean yeah. scheduling something. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I, we have each other's uh, numbers. Lewis, we'll make it happen, man. If you if you want to come on, you're more than welcome to come on again. I'll be in contact with you soon. We'll make it happen, man. But thanks for joining okay. Talk Junkies, man. It's been a, been a great hour. For... All right. Well, I had fun, too. Take care. You it's as well, pleasure, sir. Pleasure talking to you, Lewis. Cheers. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Lewis Laughlin. Uh, great podcast. is fantastic podcast. Went over a lot of different subjects in that, man. That was really cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> the dark energy thing really fascinates me. I'm just it, curious. I always, if, it makes me think of like the upside down from Stranger Things. Oh, right, right. That's what right. I imagine when Which, I think about it. Not saying that's what it is, but that's where my mind goes. Right, right. No, I'm right there with you. you in might, the- what you might want to do is that section where I was explaining the electrical stuff edit that out because i think that went a little bit over people's heads for sure no man we'll we'll, we'll make it happen yeah I, I would edit that out because i think we're going to lose them there and since this went over almost 15 minutes anyway you can shorten it down to about an hour <laughs> oh for sure yeah for sure yeah we'll, we'll, we'll yeah no I'll, I'll look back into there and i'm going to re-listen to it and, and i yeah i mean it was interesting for sure but um, to all our junkies out there, stay fly. Ring the bell. Is that still a thing? We still on YouTube? Is that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's happening anymore. Th- this one will be on YouTube. It's YouTube stay, friendly. Stay fly and click those buttons. Oh, I thought I thought you was I thought you weren't recording anymore. Uh oh. Oh, you're.